Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Sportsman, sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Happy shenanigans Wednesday. It is Dan Bickley. It is Vince Morata. It is Sarah the Ruthless. And it is Jared and his merry band of ass dragons. I don't even have to ask if you have them with you today. I can see it on your face. (laughs) They're all back there surrounding you. The ass dragons are on your face. Yes, they are. It's better than imagined dragons. (laughs) That's true. That's very, very true. True. Uh, Before we get off and started today, because we got a lot of Kevin Durant, a lot of football, a lot of stuff coming your way today. Uh, Rest in peace to Len Dawson, old-timey-timey quarterback. He was also the subject that I just retweeted of one of the greatest sports photos I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen this by now. I know what you're talking about. If you think you're cool... You don't know cool until you're on the sideline in a Super Bowl smoking a cigarette with a bottle of Fresca at your feet. <laughs> that was How Len Dawson. How about a Fresca? Mm? Len Dawson walked so that Joe Burrow could run. That, love it. Love it. 87 years old. Longtime broadcaster, too. Remember back in the when HBO just started doing sports? He was the host of Inside the NFL, him and Nick Bonacani. Okay. Yeah. That was must-see TV at the time. Nick Bonacani. Yeah. You remember those names, don't you, Vinny? <laughs> Manny Fernandez, Marguerite Morris, Larry Zonker, Bob Kuchenberg. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a very a famous picture of Willie Stargell smoking a cigarette on the bench. Yeah. In, uh, I remember that one. The 60s and 70s were a different Remember time Dick in Dick Allen, huh? the cover of Sports Illustrated, oh, juggling yeah. baseballs with a cigarette coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. It was a different time altogether. Oh, it was. Unless you're John Daly. <laughs> the time still exists there. And That's true. Back th- there was a time not, not that far beyond or behind those Len Dawson and other athletes smoking in dugouts pictures when cigarettes, certain cigarettes came doctors recommended by. <laughs> they had doctors' recommendations for Four out of five doctors recommend you smoke these. <laughs> sir, what a country. Sir, you've got lung cancer. You should switch to a filtered brand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you got? Anything, Vinny? Should we just get rolling here or what? Let's start the shenanigans. Start the show, Jared. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. On June 30th, Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, listing the Phoenix Suns as his number one destination. A little more than two weeks ago, Durant went further, telling Nets owner Joe Tsai that he wouldn't come back to Brooklyn unless GM Sean Marks and head coach Sean, uh, Steve Nash were both fired. Sides met on Monday in Los Angeles, and apparently everything is good enough for Durant to go back to the Nets to start the season, ending any immediate possibility of KD playing in Phoenix. 
with Devin Booker. The Nets put out a statement on Twitter yesterday which read, quote, we have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. The Suns will host Brooklyn on January 19th, right after uh, the deadline after which uh, DeAndre Ayton can be traded. Uh, they'll play them at Barclays Center in Brooklyn on February 7th. But uh, still, a lot of reaction to this story, both locally and nationally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of people who wonder how this uh, relationship, how solid this is for Brooklyn going forward, if this is just a matter of time, if this is a uh, taking the trade option off the table for a lack of, of decent offers. Who knows how this thing is going to play out? I think the Phoenix Suns are wise to move on and just kind of stay in the game and monitor it in the short term. Yep. Uh, Suns did announce they're bringing back their purple Sunburst design jerseys, first worn in 1992-93, with this being the 30th anniversary of that team that fell in six games in the NBA Finals to Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Suns will wear those throwback threads on about 20 occasions this upcoming season. Interesting, too, that the featured video... Had uh, DeAndre Ayton yeah, all I thought over that was, it. I thought that was kind of interesting yeah. that he was the guy chosen to sort of be to mo- to model and to fashion these uniforms. But remember, Kelly Oubre was one of the models for the Valley jerseys once upon a time. Mm. Mm. Rode a horse into town, didn't he? <laughs> he Rhinestone did. yeah. bandana. We'll never forget. Cardinals are in Nashville for a quote-unquote joint practice against the Titans today in a preseason game to wrap things up on Saturday. Yeah, they're playing touch football with the Nerf ball, Vinny. I believe it sounds like that's what they're doing. Uh, Cliff King shed some light on the trade for Cody Ford on Monday, sharing that yes, Kyler Murray is happy to be reunited with another college teammate and that three guards on the Cardinals roster are banged up. Will Hernandez should be back to work next week, according to Kingsbury. Rookie Marquise Hayes out for another week or two, and Justin Pugh, who is being evaluated for uh, after suffering a stinger. So, there is some uh, health concerns on that offensive line. Maybe that gives a little more clarity on the Cody Ford trade. Maybe. Maybe. It, it's still seems like a, a, a weighty asset to give up if you're just trying to build some depth, but we'll find out. Cardinals also trimmed their roster down to the league-mandated figure of 80. They cut punter Nolan Cooney, cor- uh, cornerback Cortez Davis, tight end Josh Hokett, running back TJ Pledger, along with waving injured cornerback uh, Daryl Baker Jr. Uh, around the league, Chargers cornerback J.C. Jackson, who had eight picks for the Patriots last year, out for a while after having ankle surgery. The team expects their big free agent acquisition to miss between two and four weeks. Washington's Chase Young, Detroit rookie Jamison Williams, and Ravens running back Gus Edwards all put on the pup list for their respective teams. So that means all three of them will miss at least their team's first four games. Uh, D-back started their road trip 7-3 win over the Kansas City Royals at Kauffman Stadium. All the D-backs offense uh, came in the sixth inning and beyond. Trailing 1-0, Geraldo Perdomo's RBI single scored Jake McCarthy. Tied things up at 1-1 in the 6th, then McCarthy had a sack fly that scored Cattell Marte in the 7th. That gave him a 2-1 lead. They'd tack on 3 in the 8th and 2 in the ninth for the win. Christian Walker, Alec Thomas each had 3 hits. Zach Davies gave up just 1 run and 2 hits over 5 and 2 thirds innings. On the other side, Kansas City starter Jonathan Heasley was pitching well. Maybe his best game of the year. 4 and 2 thirds scoreless, but was removed from the game in the 5th inning after repeatedly vomiting on the field. It was very weird. Yeah, very Awkward. Yeah, it doesn't make for good television. No, I'll tell it you doesn't. That much. And, and yeah, how do you not show the picture? Never, I, I don't know. In all my years watching sports, I've never quite gotten 
used to the sight of projectile vomit on a playing field. Yeah. I never... really uh, put the hurl in hurler, yeah. I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is it possible he looked into the stands and saw somebody using a hot dog straw? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the reason behind it. Don't know, but he had to be frustrated because he was actually pitching really, really well. You know what I can't get over hmm. since we're on the subject? Um, how like professional athletes do that, and it's like no big deal. They just go back to doing their jobs. When I vomit, it's like you need I'm like out a, for like a week. Need, you need to sleep for a couple days. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, uh, same. That's two. true. Some people, some people are can can do that routinely. Others, it's very traumatic. That's I used to work point. with a guy that did that at least once a day, and I was like, "Are you okay?" What? I've got a word for that: anorexic. Yeah. <laughs> no, just bulimic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Anorexic when you don't eat. That's he, what it is. He was actually a big guy. I don't think that was the case. Okay. Uh, <laughs> same two teams tonight as the mini two-game set concludes. Zach Allen goes for the D-backs against right-hander Brady Singer. First pitch, 5-10. Pre-game coverage starts at 4-30 on ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2. Dodgers starter Walker Bueller underwent Tommy John surgery for the second time in his career on Tuesday. He will likely miss all of, well, he will miss all of this year and likely all of next year as he recovers. The new multi-use facility on Arizona State's campus that will house both ASU hockey and the Coyotes for at least three seasons has a name. It'll be called Mullet Arena. It's one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my After life. After longtime donors Donald and Barbara Mullet, the first event at the new Mullet. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard will in my be life. October 14th when ASU hockey hosts Colgate. There uh, was a time when almost everybody in the NHL had a mullet. It's perfect. They're coming back unironically <laughs> now. I, I see Are they really? I see a lot of guys wow. rocking the mullet and I guess thinking it looks good. It was never a good look. Mm. Sorry. Vic. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you're and there certainly was, entitled to your There opinion. was a ton of a ton of jokes that, hey, congratulations, Vic, on purchasing the naming rights for the right. Coyotes. I know. I know. <laughs> Alabama Board of Trustees approved a new contract for Crimson Tide football coach Nick Saban that runs through 2029 is worth $93.6 million with an average salary of $11.7 million, making him the highest paid coach at a public university in the country. Uh, I wonder if he can still complain about this being a rebuilding year for yeah, him, about last it? year being a rebuilding How about it? Year. He deserves that, dollars. though. He, he's he's worth every penny of that. He Alabama. should be the highest paid yeah, coach based be. on the success. There you go. There is your splash for Wednesday, August 24th. Coming up next, everybody was gearing up for it, but it's not happening. Kevin Durant staying put in Brooklyn. For now, we'll get into all the details of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. You look at the facts here. Brooklyn was not close to a trade for Kevin Durant. The trade market, I think, for both Kevin Durant and uh, the Nets, I think was not what they all thought it might be. And I think Kevin Durant looked not only at uh, the uncertainty of, of not being able to really control with the trade with the trade request where he would go with four years left on his deal, Brooklyn could trade him anywhere. Uh, but also the team he had coming back uh, in Brooklyn, uh, Kyrie Irving on board, uh, ready to go this season, uh, a rapidly recovering Ben Simmons, you know, who's 
uh, expected to be ready for the start of the season. And then a healthy Joe Harris. Go down the lineup. This is a very good Nets team. Wait a minute. Did Woj just use the words rapidly recovering describing Ben Simmons? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's not uh, an adjective I would use ever to describe mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. But there he is, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, kind of illustrating what went down to get to where we got yesterday. And that was the report that uh, Kevin Durant going back to Brooklyn. No trade will be made now. It was followed very shortly by a, a statement made by Nets general manager Sean Marks. I wonder how permanent this really is, Bick, um, because we knew about the level of Kevin Durant's dissatisfaction with the with, with the Nets mm-hmm. to the point where he did something unprecedented, and that was asked for the firing of the head coach and the general manager to come back. He did not get his wish, and it seems like when you make a demand that outlandish, that out of the box, and then two and a half weeks later, everything's hunky dory again. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't quite compute with me. Well, listen, no, there's there's two ways of looking at this. If, if you ask me, number one, they all got together and realized. Uh, Kevin, we're going to trade you. We, we're sensitive to your demands, but the market is terrible. We can't even get Boston to throw in Marcus Smart in a deal for you. Um, so if you're talking about a player of Kevin Durant's historical significance, the kind of offers they got in return were kind of a joke. And people have speculated maybe it's because he's about to turn 34, maybe because there's four years of, of contract uh, ahead of that, and maybe because people are realizing this dude is never happy. Like, you know what's he going to do to our organization if if we invest in him? So I think for whatever reasons the the returns were less than far less than the Nets imagined, and I think the Nets have said, "Hold on a second here. We're 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 trying to give you your way, but we can't ruin our own future in the process." So it's either that or they got together and actually did reconcile. And I I kind of agree with you. I don't think it's the latter. No. I think it's a very temporary agreement where KD has agreed to play and to play nice. Yeah, That's it, what I think is happening. It was probably an approach by the Nets in that meeting to Kevin Durant, like the Jerry Maguire approach to uh, to Rod Tidwell. Help me help you. Right. We want to give right. you your wish, yeah. but we yeah, can't do exactly. it right now, so just play ball for a little bit. Uh, now, if it is more than a temporary fix, more than a temporary stop back for, for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, you know, you look at that roster, they did improve. Uh, it's a big if with, with the health of a a lot of those guys, Ben Simmons among them. Uh, Nick Friedle, who we had on the show recently from ESPN, covers the Nets a lot. Um, he's very, very skeptical that they'll be successful with KD back in the fold. For today, this is a good sign for the Brooklyn Nets because we all know they have talent up at the top of the roster, and if they can somehow come together through training camp and to start the season winning games, then everything will be good in Brooklyn. But there are so many ifs around this team. Team and count me in the group that is very skeptical that they'll be able to pull everything together the way that everybody there thought they could in trying to chase down a title. We've spent months now talking mm-hmm. about how dysfunctional that situation was in Brooklyn for Kevin Durant and that whole team. They got swept out of the playoffs with with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both on the floor. It was not a it was not a good situation. I, I agree with Nick Friedle that there are a lot of questions. How how do you get 
three very difficult in in different ways star players to just be on their best behavior. Uh, and you have to consider the health. I mean, Kevin Durant has been injury prone. Kyrie Irving, you never know when he's going to show up. Yeah. Ben Simmons can't get back on the court. They went out and signed T.J. Warren and mm-hmm. played like one game in three years. Uh, Joe Harris coming back from an injury. So um, it, 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 it was surprising to hear. I, I was very surprised yesterday during the course of the show, Bick, when, when that announcement came down. I did not see that being the resolution and certainly not the resolution on August 23rd. No, and, and if, you, if you look at it from a cynical standpoint, the fact that the Boston Celtics or the Miami, whoever the teams that were involved, it, it, the, the fact that they could not get a deal done that would satisfy all parties involved effectively buys time for the Phoenix Suns if they indeed still want to go down this path, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. If they've been this interested in adding Kevin Durant, I don't think their interest suddenly changes. Uh, it, it, so I think what happens is it, this this reset button, if you will, buys them time to try to consummate a trade after January 15th. That's the way I see this thing. And, and maybe it doesn't happen this year. There is precedent, and people have pointed this out. Kobe Bryant once requested a trade from the Lakers in 2007. The Lakers went on to win two more titles with them mm-hmm. after that. So you can you can you can reconcile these situations. I think they're a little different um, at that point in time. You know, Kobe pretty much was the Lakers. This is Kevin Durant is not. You know, he's an interloper is what he is. Um, so I, I just I, I think it's a very weird ending to the story. I, I don't think the drama is over yet. I think people are going to be looking to see. All right. How does this work out? You know, if 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 the Nets are like 18 and 19, two months into the season, who knows where this thing is going to go? Yeah. Uh, here's more from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN on what can fix this thing. I think especially for a star player, there needs to be certainly more of a relationship with the head coach. And certainly there's a lot of history there with Steve Nash. They were in Golden State together when Steve Nash was on the staff. They're going to have to find a way to make it work. And certainly winning makes a lot of it go away. This is a Nets roster uh, beyond the big three with a healthy Joe Harris uh, uh, You know, with the additions in this offseason. Uh, you know, this is a team that, again, should be formidable in the East and throughout the NBA. And there are a lot of frayed relationships all over the NBA. There's no question uh, they'll have to be worked to walk back a lot of what's happened this summer. Yeah, um, should be. Those are key words. We're going into year four now of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. And they should have been more you know, more impactful than they have been at this point. Obviously, Durant didn't play the first year because he was out with the Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, two years of them on the floor together uh, with no real tangible results, they they should be better than they are. And I, I don't know if I see that changing anytime Yeah, soon. I don't know. I mean, the, their playoff run two years ago when they were this close to beating the Bucks, I, I don't know if that was necessarily a failure. I, 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 I do think last year was clearly a failure, but I don't know about that. I... And again, uh, and I, I, we don't know what Ben Simmons is going to look like if and when he ever takes the court. I, listen, you know, I don't even care about the Brooklyn Nets, their 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 place in all of this. I, I think I care more about what the Phoenix Suns are doing in respect to this. And so it, the question becomes: Are are they still going to position themselves to? 
to pull the proverbial trigger on a trade midseason with Kevin Durant? Or are they going to decide we're done with this for a year? We're, we're done with this drama. We're done with this flirtation. We're done with exposing our players to trade rumors. That, to me, is what's interesting. Yeah, and that's the, the, the answers to the questions we don't have right now. Right. Is this just put it on the back burner for now? We'll revisit this January 15th or maybe next off season or sometime in the future? We, we don't know the answers to that. It's yeah. also tough to say like how this is going to play out because if they do struggle, like you said, if they start off 18 and 19, I think the first move then will be fire Steve Nash. Oh, his his seat got hotter. There's no doubt and, about and it. And then maybe after that, it's it's then maybe then it's get rid of the the GM. Like, I think now that they've sort of reconciled with Durant, that they might say like, the last thing we want to do is is trade Durant. We'll try these other moves first if things don't work out. Yeah, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, the Cardinals are in Nashville uh, for what appears to be very low impact practices <laughs> with the Titans. We'll get into the reasons why and maybe wonder why next. Bickley <laughs> and Murata mornings, ninety eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. practice against them Wednesday. It'll be um, limited competitive periods. We'll do our own thing some and then come together, but not just a knockout, dragout type practice. I think we're both kind of in the situation. Got some guys banged up. I want to get that competitive fire going. And then Thursday we'll scale it way back, have more of a mental day for everybody. And then Friday we'll get through and Saturday play the game. It's Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals in Nashville today for... What's being called a joint practice. It was supposed to be two. It uh, is now down to one. We got some clarification, too, from Cliff Kingsbury on why that schedule got shrunk. No, I mean, I asked for it. So I called Rabel and asked for it. And um, just with where we're at health-wise. And he was kind of in the same mindset at this point. Let's let's get in there, have great competition, and get out healthy. Um, this sounds like a glorified uh, field trip, quite honestly, Ben. Yeah, no, it does. It, 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 it actually sounds like, what is the point of this, is what it sounds like to me. I guess they'll get one good practice out of it, but... It, but they're not even... Uh, you know, I was listening to Wolf and Luke yesterday. Wolf said, and he's on the trop uh, there won't even be 11, 11 on 11 practice. or you know, it, It's not going to be very high intensity. It yeah. sounds like everybody's going to be in, in bubble wrap during yeah. this. So if you're expecting those joint practices, we've had well, the reports from all around the league of skirmishes and tempers flaring. I'd be very shocked if anything like that happened in Nashville. Well, and and this is what's this is what's a little bit confusing about it all because generally you do these joint practices because you want to sharpen your football team because you think they need that kind of a competition in in a in an environment in which they can control right you kind of you, you, to a point it's not like letting guys loose in a game and expecting them to play hard but if you're just if if you're if you're setting up guardrails in this I don't even know what the point of doing this. Is. But whatever, uh, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm curious what these mentals are going to be uh, that they're doing on Thursday. Are they going to go visit a civil war civil war <laughs> site? What are they going to do? What, what What are the mentals that they're doing on Thursday in Nashville? Kid Rock's place is kind of fun. The Johnny Cash <laughs> saying, Museum. Right? The Johnny Cash Museum. Kid Rock's place, a little loud, but kind of fun. Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Grand Old Opry. They could get some uh, some fried bologna fried sandwiches. Fried bologna sandwich. Yeah. I highly recommend. I highly recommend. The Buffalo, the Nashville chicken, a little overrated. Yeah. Uh, Cliff- Although people say we just weren't in the right place. But 
yeah, I still because, think it was a little I still overrated. remember when that was kind of on the to-do list on that trip when we were there mm-hmm. for the draft. And maybe it was just that one particular server that we asked because mm-hmm. she was very, very unenthusiastic about Nashville hot chicken. Oh, that's right. And she I, was yeah, like, yeah, that's kind, of a, that. that's kind of an everywhere else thing. It's not that big here. But then we were told otherwise. I think we got a sold a bill of goods by that woman. <laughs> it might have been. Uh, is Cliff Kingsbury cool with the players going out in Nashville? No, I, I want it to be, you know, some camaraderie and um, team building type stuff. We'll have some events and, and do some stuff together. And um, obviously, we got to be smart, but I think it'll be a good trip for those guys to be around each other, come together some, and um, break it up a little bit. Look, I can't help but have this feeling right now when you hear this report of this, this tamp down practice mm-hmm. with, with Nashville or with uh, Tennessee. In Nashville, um, you know the the fact that we've seen I think two projected starters play in the preseason to this point, uh, the lack of physicality at, at this training camp. You wonder how ready they're going to be. Yeah, and I know we had similar questions last year, and they came out against the Titans in Week One and played lights out. Maybe their best game of the year in, in Week One. Uh, but right now, I mean, that doesn't carry over to this year. Uh, even so, compared to last year, though, they're playing. They're less scaling starters. it. Yes, they're scaling it even further back. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kyler, you're right about Kyler that. and the starters played at least a couple of possessions last year. We haven't even seen the second string quarterback take a snap. How about it? That yeah. is that is weird. Yeah, how about it? If his arm because remember what was a couple of weeks ago? They're like his arm is tired, it's a tired, mm-hmm. sore arm. Yeah. So I, I don't. I wonder if there's something there because that is odd to me, especially with a team where your starting quarterback has had trouble staying completely healthy. Mm-hmm. To not have any reps for Colt McCoy, I know it is a little veteran, bit odd. But it is a little bit odd. Listen, and and this is I think what's interesting to me is we've seen a variety of approaches from Cliff Kingsbury. You remember, like, remember the first year when when he actually showed nothing and they repped nothing and, and, and they tried to hide as much to, to bring some element of surprise to the first couple of and games. And remember what that first three quarters looked like offensively? <laughs> yeah. and, versus and the Lions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember Cliff saying, yeah, we're not doing that again. That was not a good move. And, and now in year four, this is really a rebuking of the entire process yeah. is what it is. And I'm not saying he's wrong, but two of the best coaches in the NFL, two of the best coaches in NFL history disagree with them. Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. And, and it, it does raise a question. I, I think Kyler Murray, I, I give him a pass because I don't think you're going to get a, I think he'd half-ass it anyways. With all due respect to him, I just think he his heart's got to be into it to perform well, and he, he ain't into this. Mm-hmm. This is this is, this is is unnecessary risk in the world of Kyler Murray. Uh, but I think defensively, I it just seems weird to me that you're going to go into a game and and having not really tackled anybody outside basically of of, of those preseason games uh, right, where out, your right, starters didn't play right where your starters didn't play and and I'm curious what that's going to look like because tackling was already an issue in that second preseason game going up against a Ravens team that was playing a little harder than most so when you got a football team like the uh, like the Ravens who have this winning streak and all their reserves are, are coming at you a little mm-hmm. harder because of that and then you have trouble tackling in that game that's sort of a preview of what might happen to you in week one. 
And and again, you don't you don't have time to find your footing when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Week One. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, Luke Lipinski in between me dozing off listening to him. <laughs> I've heard him make the point about it's not like they're playing. If they were playing like the Texans or the Bears or the Lions or something, you wouldn't feel that worried. But if you start off literally even a quarter or or a half slow against Kansas City, yeah. they're going to blow your doors. You're giving off. away the game. Yeah, right they're going to blow your doors off, and and that's not and that's not any. Thing that, that that's not the way you want to begin this, but it's pretty clear. It, it, and again, it's it's the idea of of keeping guys healthy. Well, if Cliff Kingsbury is asking to dial back these joint practices because his team's banged up, then then are you really accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish? I don't know. It's it's very confusing to me. I, I really don't know how much of that kind of stuff should go into a uh, to an NFL season. Now we saw during the pandemic that football players can just started started the jump and play very well but if you've got this available to you is there a little bit is there an amount that you should actually take advantage of well the the other thing is that so many of the starters for for various reasons cold you know uh covid uh holdouts injuries have haven't practiced that much either like, forget about not playing in the preseason. But You're right. do you, you know, the number one priority on offense was Kyler getting chemistry, building the chemistry with A.J. Green and Rondell Moore mm-hmm. and these receivers that he had trouble building chemistry with last year. Do you feel like that's been accomplished at all? This I mean, season? no. Kyler Murray's barely played, like you said. I mean, he's the most important player on the team. Make no mistake about it. On the defensive side of the ball, J.J. Watt. Not practicing right now, missing two weeks because mm-hmm. of COVID. Marcus Golden hasn't practiced in three weeks. Your most important pass rusher on mm-hmm. the edge, probably. Um, it might be much ado about nothing. And I'm sure there are some Cardinal fans listening. Like, oh, you guys are blowing this out of proportion. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what week one looks like against Kansas City. Maybe it'll be it'll be just that. Wow. Cliff Kingsbury handled it correctly. Good for him. Second straight mm-hmm. year. Right. But in the now, this is how I feel. I, I've got concerns. Yeah, and and again, it's it's. It, I I don't think we're assigning blame. I think we're just having a conversation yeah. and exploring what what because it's it's wild to me that guys like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, as smart as they are, and they're progressive, as smart as they are, that they they still think a little bit of this is indeed necessary. Cliff Kingsbury's obviously got some thoughts on this, and again. He spent most of his head coaching career in college, where you do hit the season going 60 miles an hour, where you don't have exhibition games. Exhibition football, the thing about it is, what you have to remember and remind yourself of is this is nothing more than a grift from the NFL. For them to charge you full prices on season tickets to to attend exhibition games that mean nothing. So if this has been a grift from day one, then there's going to be all of this supporting um, validation. We need this. You need this. The, oh, we got to build up calluses. Got to get tough. Got to... Maybe not. Maybe this is all just cover for a grift, you know, and that's what it's been for decades. And maybe Cliff Kingsbury is just kind of saying, no, yeah. don't need this. I, I, I'll be very curious what that first half against Kansas City looks like because you're going to be going up against an offense that that – is, doesn't have Tyreek Hill, but they got Marquez Valdez Scantling. They've got uh, Nicole Hardman, who's okay. They've got Travis Kelsey. They got Patrick Mahomes. That's a that's a heavyweight offense. Juju Smith Schuster on that team now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, him too. Yeah. So that's a heavyweight team right there. 
So, yeah, fingers crossed. Text Jersey to 620-620 for your chance to win the brand new Phoenix Suns Nike Classic Edition jersey celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 92-93 Suns team. Once again, that's Jersey. Text it to 620-620. Coming up next, the uh, Diamondbacks started their road trip with a win in Kansas City. Looking to the future uh, outside of the playing field, what does Tori Lovello's future look like as manager of the team? We'll get into that and more next. Typically a Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Pickley, Vince Morata. Pickley and Morata Mornings. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. And the pitch. Grounded right back to Melanson. Step and throw to second. Out there. Throw to first. In time. Double play. And the ball game is over. Diamondbacks win it by a final score of 7-3. They take the series opener. Good start here on the road. That's Chris Gargiola on the uh, Diamondbacks Radio Network. Final call last night. Uh, Diamondbacks do beat the Royals 7-3. You could hear the friends and family crowd in the background that was remaining at the end of that game. Uh, not a very big crowd in Kansas City. Big picture, though, Bick. When we talk about the Diamondbacks in the big picture, there's optimism. There's mm-hmm. excitement. Uh, we're seeing some of their young players... Uh, come up to the major leagues and make an impact. Jake McCarthy is making an impact. Alec Thomas is having a very good rookie season. Pitching wise, Tommy Henry looks like a, a you know a, a legit major league starter uh, very early in his career. And there's a lot more help coming on the farm. Jordan Lawler just got uh, bumped up to Double A. Corbin Carroll is not far from a, a major league um, promotion. So there, there's reason to be excited mm-hmm. because of what the Diamondbacks have brewing. But the question is. Is Tori Lovello going to be the guy to guide this team when all those young players arrive? And uh, the reason why we ask this, recently, um, Bob Nightingale had a uh, piece um, that on USA Today where he talked about Major League Baseball managers. This was after Chris Woodward got fired by the Texas Rangers. And he's kind of looking into the into the crystal ball. Who could be next? Who's and, next? You know, Tony La Russa was on there. Scott Service mm-hmm. was on there. Rob Thompson from Philadelphia on there. But he did write a, a, a snippet on Tori Lovello. And it says the front office recommended to ownership two months months ago that Lavello be given an extension, but ownership decided to wait. The D-backs have struggled since, and Lavello is without a contract in 2023. Um, the, the second part I don't think is accurate. The D-backs have a winning record after the All-Star break, but focus on the first part. Yeah. An extension was recommended. That's interesting to me, and, yeah. and that's, that's why he's on this list, because when you mention these other managers, these other managers are in the crosshairs in the cities they work in, none more so than Tony La Russa with the White Sox, and and we've talked about a couple of those blunders already this year. Uh, so th- there's not that vibe with Tori Lovello, but there is this line that just jumped out at me from Bob Nightingale that the front office, Mike Hazen, Derek Hall, um, whoever else... Ex- recommended, yes, let's extend Tory and the ownership balked at this, which means Ken Kendrick balked at this. So, uh, so the question becomes, what are you looking for? What do you want out of this guy? Uh, they've already matched their win total from last year. There's obviously progress here, and he, he's obviously shown an ability to kind of help grow a young team. Why would you want to wait another year? What do you want to see from the end of this year that hasn't already been accomplished? If if you were if you gave him the chance to come back. This year, and you're getting results. Why would you 
keep doing this. I don't get it. I, I really don't. Uh, it's it's a little bit odd to me. Let's face it, Bick. If if the performance by the back end of the bullpen, which is where they invested this, this past off season, mm-hmm. and Kennedy's been decent, but Mark Melanson as the closer has not worked out very well. If, if those guys had performed up to their potential, we'd be talking about the D-backs legitimately in a wild card chase right now. At least in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, very much on the outskirts of the discussion right now. Yeah. I mean, when 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 your closer has, what, 11, 12 losses himself? Mm-hmm. That's not a good sign of how that uh, th- that's going at the back end of the bullpen. Um, so uh, w- would we be having a different discussion yeah. if that was the case w- with Tori Lovello's future? But here we go again. How many – it wasn't long ago we were talking about whether or not Tori Lovello was uh, deserving of a contract extension from the Diamondbacks, and here we go again. Yeah, and and so again, it's it. The question becomes: Do the Diamondbacks think that there's a better option out there? Because uh, again, it, it's it's hard to believe that he survived a 110 loss campaign and then now would be fired for this year. When, it's a little bit when real progress has been shown right. overall, uh, the, uh, the only logic would be like we want to get a manager that specifically is good handling really young mm-hmm. talent. Because the next year's team, especially probably the next two years teams, are going to be like rookies and second and third year players almost exclusively. True. And Do they we feel have like, any reason to believe he isn't able to do that? No, uh, but I'm saying they would, if in their minds, if right. like we want to go out and get like a a guy who's known for their player development specifically or something like that. That's the only reason you would think that they would judge him on this year. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they finish uh, because they are playing pretty good baseball. Uh, Elsewhere in baseball, Fernando Tatis, he showed up at Petco yesterday in the dugout, held court, uh, and the tune changed a little bit. I'm really sorry for my mistake. I've seen how my my dreams have turned into my worst nightmares. A couple days, a couple months. There's no other one to blame than myself. I haven't made the right decisions in this past two weeks, month, even starting from the beginning of the year. I have made a mistake, and I regret everything that I have taken in these days. Give him this. He sounds contrite. The audio is not great there. But yeah. talking about his, his dreams turning into his worst nightmares. Mm-hmm. He's made wrong decisions. He regrets everything. Um, there wasn't any talk of ringworm medication there. No, no. Yeah, and again, this is sort of why this is sort of why I reacted to the DeAndre Hopkins story the way I did because this playbook just gets repeated ad nauseum. Anybody who ever gets busted always has an excuse, always. Um, and then a couple days later, there are sometime later in the future, they apologize for letting people down. And so, uh, listen, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. was. I, I think that he was sincere. I think he's realized he's been a knucklehead, and I think he, I think he does realize how much he's let that organization. In that city down. He was the face of that franchise. He was he was the guy that Padre fans were going bonkers about mm-hmm. for a, a better part of a season and a half. And he's he's kind of he's kind of squandered that capital. You get a fourteen year contract mm-hmm. from a team that doesn't hand out money that freely, no. and he repays them by this getting in a motorcycle accident in the off season. Yeah, and deciding then getting, not to have shoulder surgery. Yes, even which though the he, team wanted him to which have. He's having now. Which he's having now. So so. So he's kind of yeah he's trying to kind of reel it back a little bit. I, I really like this guy as a baseball player. I'm real curious to see how effective he is post suspension. The the Ryan Braun uh, comp 
sticks in my brain a little bit. We all recover from ringworm differently. (laughs) Yes, we do. You never know how you're going to bounce back. You really don't. You really don't. Some of us have cleared it naturally. Yeah, right. So the, uh, again, this is is a tough blow for San Diego. And as we've also discussed, it's not just Padre fans and and his manager and his organization. His teammates are pissed at him. They should be. Yeah. And if you're an athlete, that's a bad place to be. If you can't even find, you know, camaraderie in your own locker room, if, if you feel like, oh man, that'll that'll wake you up fast. And I think he's been, I think he's awake. Yeah, I do. I uh, it's, it, I just don't know how good he's going to be on the back end. It's just he's still young. Crazy he's, he's story. Got that going for him. I mean, Ryan Braun. That comparison. I think there's there's some connections to be made there. But mm-hmm. Ryan Braun was a lot further along in his career at that point. True. Yeah. Uh, but he. I mean, you want to talk about falling off a cliff? He fell off a cliff after that. Uh, coming up next, Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn. What do James Jones and the Phoenix Suns do now? to get ready for 2022. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.